friends. Welcome to Uncaged the Lion Within, the podcast. I'm Erin Tui and I'm one of your hosts. We are passionate about helping you become more courageous in your thoughts and your actions so that you can live a life of a higher purpose and happiness. We are going to be discussing all things relating to health, mindset, happiness, careers, money and more to help you become that courageous person that we know you are inside. So follow us on this journey and let's grow together. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Uncage the Lion Within. You are not joining me from the lion's den today and we are also uh, minus one little boss or Erin, but I'm here with the beautiful Shelley McKenzie from Freedom Wellness and her new bubba Van. Um, it's so great to have you, Shelley. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Thank you so much. So, Hello. Sh- <laughs> Hello. <laughs> So Shelley has an amazing business as a nutritionist and coach and um, soon to be a naturopath as well. So Shelley, tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do. Yeah, sure. So um, I guess my journey in the health space sort of began, I grew up in a country town um, called Yarrawonga Mawela, three hours out of Melbourne. Yes. And I grew up with a healthy lifestyle there. So played a lot of sport because there's nothing else to do. Um, And we, um, sorry, mum, you're very distracted. It adds to the authenticity though. It does. Like we've got, we've got the baby. Everyone understands. It's fine. Hilarious. Um, This is life. When Van's like floating around, I'm very distracted. Anyway, um, so grew up in a small country town, playing a lot of sport, um, you know, Eating wise, it was your meat and three veg, mm-hmm. like what our parents knew back mm-hmm. then. And um, yeah, and so that was pretty much my childhood. Yeah. I then moved to Melbourne and got a whole another lease on life. I was exposed to the drinking world, the partying world. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and so when I was 18, I moved here. I didn't really know what I wanted to do at that stage, um, but being heavily involved in sport, I became a PT. Yep. And I started working in the city as a personal trainer and I lived that typical Monday to Friday, eat well or eat what I thought was well and train pretty hard and come the weekend, it was all about the binge drinking, the partying, the not sleeping, yep. all the rest of it. Yep. <laughs> so that cycle went on from age 18 to about 24. Wow. And when I was 24, I was having a great time, but when I was 24, um, I was heading back to the country to my parents' house to visit them one weekend. And actually, I think I was working up there or something. And um, I was complaining to my mum. I just started feeling a bit achy and sore. And Mm -hmm. I went and got a massage. And after that, I felt like the massage just released a lot in my body. And and I thought, oh, I need to go to bed and what have you. And from there on, my health just declined drastically over a four-week sort of period. Um, I lost you know, 10 kilos off my body weight, which I didn't have that to lose. I um, was so ill that I literally couldn't even get myself to the bathroom, like to walk to the toilet. Like I had to get carried places and I lived on the couch for the four weeks. Um, And, you know, at one point doctors were having to come and do home visits because I was too sick to even, and I had no energy. I had um, iron infusions during that time, multiple tests, trying to work out what was actually wrong with me. And my diagnosis went from everything from, you know, I um, had cancer to I brought back a parasite when I'd been traveling. So I did a lot of travel in between that 18 to 24 as well. 
And eventually they came back to me with a diagnosis somewhere in the middle and that was with Hashimoto's, a thyroid disease. And so um, from there I was heading to um, India with my now husband, who was my boyfriend at the time. And we were had plans to ride a motorbike down the coastline of India. And the doctors obviously advised me not to go. Um, but being the stubborn human I was, I was going to make that trip. <laughs> so only a few weeks after, you know, having the diagnosis and trying to get my health back on track, I yeah. went over to India. And I really used that time as time to try to heal my body and work out really what had been going on. Because if I think about it, even now, my body had been you know screaming at me mm-hmm. that something wasn't right for a long time and I was just choosing to ignore it so you yeah. know the whispers turned to screams and then the screams obviously turned to a disease yeah so um I'd just been choosing to ignore that so I really took the time in India to tune into my body work out what was actually going on and um started playing with my diet and so that was when I was really first introduced into um you know nutrition and mm-hmm. I knew very mm-hmm. little only what we'd taught being taught in the fitness you know, industry, which is not much. Which is still the food pyramid. Yeah, basically, <laughs> basically. So that was the only knowledge I had at that point. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I just started playing around. So when I was in India, I was still very, very sick and wasn't mm-hmm. able to, you know, be on the motorbike for long periods of time and all of that. And I had to sleep a lot and everything, but it was fine. Yeah. I still really had a great time. And when I was over there, I went plant-based. Um, uh-huh. And, you know, they've got all the beautiful herbs and spices and all that sort of stuff. So yeah. started introducing those into the diet, which was really nice. Um, went fully plant-based and then I came home and I continued that for about a six-month period. Yeah. But I had multiple iron um, infusions and so mm-hmm. being plant-based did not work for me because I wasn't yeah. holding iron efficiently. So uh-huh. yeah. after about six months, a lot of the symptoms started coming back. I was feeling mm. fatigued. I was feeling, you know, bloated, nauseous, everything. Mm. So then I went paleo. <laughs> I went uh-huh. the complete opposite. Yeah. Um, and I tried working the paleo diet for a while and that worked really well. Um, but I still found it very challenging to get past all the drinking and all of that because every mm-hmm. relationship I'd built in Melbourne was based on alcohol and socializing yeah so um I then dove into the bodybuilding world because for me I needed a clear goal I needed Mm -hmm. something to be able to tell my friends that I'm not drinking because of x y and z Mm -hmm. and for me that was competing so dove into that that was really great from that side of things um built new networks made new friends and who were on the same page as me you know health was very important to them uh, but obviously the bodybuilding world is very restrictive. Yep. So, <laughs> you know, I remember getting to the point, I was in that world for a couple of years competing, and I remember getting to the point where, you know, my family would come down to visit and I would ring restaurants to make sure that they could boil me or poach me a piece of uh, fish with just Dan Green's nothing on it. So I really restricted myself, and I didn't realise I was doing this until... One day I said to my husband, oh my God, I look fat. And at this point I had a full six pack Mm. and he was like, enough's enough. You know, Mm -hmm. you've gone too far. Um, So then I had to try and pull myself out of that. And that took quite a while. Um, But in the mix of all this, I started studying nutrition. So I started really learning the power of food. I, to this day, haven't needed to medicate for my Hashimoto's. And so I've used... Yeah, Yeah, I've used food and lifestyle to really try to heal myself um and now that's my goal with clients as well you know using the power of food and food is medicine so 
started studying nutrition and then that turned into going on and studying naturopathy um and yeah here we are today now i live a very balanced life i always say to my clients my favorite things espresso martinis chocolate and pizza oh my god (laughs) i hear you i hear you and i can so relate to your story too because i competed i only did one comp before my Mm. whole emotional relationship with food fell apart yeah so i can't even imagine being in that space for two years because mm. i know the toll it took on my relationship with my partner just over that short yeah. period of time yeah so it's a big it's a big commitment and it's yeah. it's hard so it's great to hear that you found that balance again and yeah you know, and it, like it was not a, yeah and it was a long journey you know like yeah. a really long journey and i had friends that were you know, in that same journey for even longer than me, you know, like it took years, but, um, it was an important step and I don't regret competing because, um, it really did, uh, shape me as a nutritionist now, because now, you know, I've been 360, I've done all the fads, I've done the restricting and now I've found a place of balance and happiness and, you know, and so I think that really has shaped the way I now practice and help my clients as well because I think so many of us are influenced by social media and things like that, that, you know, it's important to uh, come back to basics sometimes and to... You know, yeah. just be told that you can actually live a healthy life, enjoy everything you want and still reach your goals. Yeah. Restriction doesn't need to be a part of our life. Yeah. And it's so important to hear that from a client's perspective as well, because there's, I know within the industry with personal trainers, there's a lot of people with very strong mindsets and they have never mm. had issues with binge eating or emotional eating and they don't understand yeah and they just say we just don't eat it yeah but that's not reality (laughs) no not at all reality for a lot of people we Mm. need that context to understand yeah how someone else is thinking and feeling about food 100 percent. and you know like even at this point like i was still a personal trainer and just starting to dabble into the nutrition side Mm -hmm. of things as you know study um but even for me competing that was so amazing for, to put my body through a transformation because I've always been quite a fit, lean person. And so mm-hmm. to go to that next level, it really gave me, a, um, I guess, a good understanding of what my clients at that time and even now have to go through when they come to me to lose weight and things yep. like that because I'd never had to do that. Yeah. So, you know, that was another thing that the bodybuilding world really taught me. Yeah. So it's not as easy as just losing weight and, as you say, just stop eating something, you know. There's yep. emotions that come into it. There's a lot of physical aspects like within our body and our body systems and, yeah. Absolutely. It takes a lot of work. <laughs> Absolutely. So what are your thoughts on dieting and the diet culture in today's society? So the diet culture, I think, you know, with social media around, we are very heavily influenced and there is a lot of fad diets out there, basically. (laughs) So um, I don't believe that we need to engage in a lot of these fad diets. Like I think, yes, there's a time and a purpose for certain um, protocols, Mm -hmm. but I really do not like the term dieting for starters because I think if we're thinking of a diet, it's short-lived. Diets yep. don't last forever. Yep. So lifestyles do, protocols are great. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I think social media really influences us and it can be hard to sort of step away from what we need and what we're seeing. And the other important thing with the diet culture these days is a lot of influencers, influencers are amazing. They help build brands. They help bring awareness to certain mm-hmm. topics and things. But at the same time, they are paid to promote And so often our influencers aren't even using products that they're promoting, but yet they've got the perfect physique. They look 
like w- what we want to look like, uh, but they might not be using that product. And so yeah. I think it's almost a fake industry to some extent, only okay. to some extent. Not all influencers are like that by any means. And as I say, I think there's definitely an important place for them. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that's sort of where I feel with the diet cultures. And then fad diets, there's so many out there. Yep. You know, and there is yeah. a lot of fads out yep. there. Yeah, there's a new one out every week. <laughs> there honestly is, you know, yeah. and it's like um, not knocking any of them, but, you know, mm. celery juice has been really Oh, my God, that was my big. favorite. I know, right? So that's <laughs> so been ridiculous. huge. Yeah, and it's like all these people are claiming to have wonderful benefits, and no doubt I believe that. But the thing, if we look yeah. at celery juice, go ahead and do it because, you know, it's a great mm-hmm. habit to implement, but celery is predominantly water. Mm-hmm. So what was happening, I believe, for a lot of people getting great, um, you know, that a lot of uh, people were claiming to have clearer skin, better bowels, all of that, they were increasing their water intake, you know? And so yeah. it's great because that's what they were doing. So, yeah. you know, good for them. But yeah. it's just we need to understand that there's no magic fix. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Whereas like, people change something and they think that that's the reason, but it's actually well. If if using the example of celery juice, it's because they've stopped eating shit for breakfast too. Yeah, they've replaced it with something else. Absolutely, and that's yeah. the thing. When we diet, there's often other contributing factors mm-hmm. and things that fall into place because we're dieting. Yeah, it's like you hear, and you would have heard this. You know, people that are exercising naturally start to eat better because they're exercising. Mm. It's the same if they're doing a diet. If they're doing one thing, like adding celery juice because they're adding that celery juice, they're naturally going to follow and do a couple of other yep. things. So it's like, yep. well, what was it? Was it the celery juice mm-hmm. or was it, you know, the yep. fact that you started cleaning up a few other things, you know, cutting exactly. out crap for breakfast, maybe not as much sugar because you were filling that with water, you yep. know, those sorts of things. Yep. So, yeah, yeah, it's important not to buy into everything and it's really important yep. just to, uh, yeah, I guess understand that influences and things like that, yes, they're amazing, but we mm-hmm. need to just be making sure we're following um, you know, people that are authentic yep. and really do believe in products that they're promoting and that will help clear out a lot of that clutter. Yeah, mm. absolutely. So how do you think the foods that we consume today contribute to our overall health, not just our weight? Yeah, so I mean, um, nutrition and our foods have obviously changed drastically over, you know, decades and decades and decades mm-hmm. <laughs> um but i really believe in the power of food even still um and i think that food needs to be used as medicine i think that if we do not have the diet right then we are just anything else is a band-aid approach yep. whether it be yep. adding supplements adding herbs adding um you know medicines it's all just a band-aid yep. until we've got the diet right so i think that's really you know an important part um, so yeah if we're looking at the diet as food as medicine you know Every food has some form of nutrient, vitamin, phytonutrient, fiber, all the rest of it. So every food has a purpose within our body. And so when we're eating something, you know, we need to be thinking, is this soul food? So I like to call it soul food, which is, you know, uh, something that we're feeding our soul that brings us happiness. So that yeah. might be chocolate or that yeah. might be pizza or espresso martinis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I have a lot of soul food. Yeah. And look, that's okay, <laughs> right? That's fine. Soul food, it's there to make yeah. us happy. Yeah. It's there to keep us connected, social, you know, it's really important. But I think it's also important to be asking yourself what's in that food. And so mm-hmm. I really love to, when I sit down to a meal, I like to look at my food and, you know, um, do I have all the macronutrients that I need? And yeah. is it providing my body, um, mm-hmm. you know, with fuel? Because that's predominantly what food food is. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is food 
there's non-intelligent food and intelligent food. And so that's the other part of it. So, mm-hmm. you know, if we think of food as intelligence, when a food has intelligence, it will tell our body when enough is enough. So it tells us that, yep, we've eaten, we're full, we're satisfied, we're feeling great, we're energetic, we're this, we're that. Non-intelligent food is endless. We could just eat and eat and eat and mm-hmm. never feel satisfied. So mm-hmm. if we take chocolate, for instance, mm-hmm. you know, if we look at dairy milk chocolate, it's mm-hmm. a non-intelligent food because yep. if I sat down with a block of Cadbury chocolate, I could easily eat the whole yep, thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yep. um, because it's been processed. It's, you know, been pulled apart, sugar's been added, milk solids have been added, emulsifiers, all that sort of stuff, which is fine, right? But it's all been added. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we look at dark chocolate... It is very rare that you'll hear someone say, I'm able to eat a whole block of lint 80% dark chocolate yeah. because it has intelligence. Unless you're my parents. Right. <laughs> wow, really? Doesn't matter how it comes, they can eat it. Wow, there you go. <laughs> They're very so, healthy, but they love their chocolate. Yeah, there you go. Hmm, I wonder if they get any uh, symptoms or if they just love it so much that they want to keep eating it yeah probably yeah. <laughs> they probably eat it too Forcing quickly it. to know yeah yeah well that's the other thing as sorry well. mum and dad love you <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's no, a really to great them. way of looking at it too yeah, yeah i think it relates like a lot of people can relate to that yeah. you know is this food intelligent is it not yeah is it satisfying me is it not and it's yeah. important to have a balance of both yeah. um but obviously we want to have more intelligent food than not yeah mm. and it's um going back to that intuitive like what is my body asking for how do i feel yeah and checking in with yourself as well 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. really important yeah. your body will be telling you all sorts of symptoms signals anything you know yeah. so i like to say to clients when we eat something we're looking does it make you feel energetic do you feel tired do you feel mm-hmm. bloated do you feel nauseous do you have gas instantly like all these sorts of things can tell us a lot as to what's going on within the body um and it's not just from a digestive point of view or if we're losing weight you know like weight is a our body has a natural balance point so every one of us we're obviously all made up very differently Mm -hmm. um and we all have a natural balance point and that is when we have our diet and lifestyle you know working really well in our favor and we've got a bit of a balance going on when not stressing you know all those sorts of things our body will naturally find that balanced weight and we yep. don't need to try to be dieting we don't need to be trying to lose weight because that's yep. just where we sit and we also don't need to try to maintain that weight yeah because naturally that's where we live and yes. so i think i'm always encouraging clients to try to find their balanced weight as opposed to a number on the scales oh yeah because mm, we yep. know that a number on the scales it doesn't take into consideration muscle water you know just our fat free mass so our organs our blood all of that sort of stuff so um it's really important particularly for us females who are very hormonal and that weight will fluctuate you know and so yeah. i've never met a person that will step on the scales and be okay with that number mm. ever mm. <laughs> like you know people that are using the scales um mm. are never satisfied or happy and i know that from experience one yeah. i see it in practice and two i've been there mm-hmm. so even now if i was to hop on scales they would trigger me in one way or another wow you know yeah. and so it's like i haven't stepped in on scales for a long yeah. time but i know that they would um yeah. so yeah i think weight is just um something that will come once everything else is in place and if it triggers us so why do we become so obsessed with it that's really the question because people are punishing themselves every day trying to get the answer that they know they know what it's going to be already and they know they're not going to like it but they do it anyway yeah and yeah it's horrible Mm, 100 percent. yeah 
Can you give us some tips to rebuilding a healthy relationship with food and letting go of food guilt? Yeah. So my biggest thing is the 80-20 approach. So a lot of people have heard of 80-20. A lot of people know of it, but have Mm -hmm. not necessarily implemented it or thought they have, but it's more like 50-50 or what have you. So I like to encourage um, everyone to do 80-20 just because I think it brings in that nice amount of balance. And again, if we're looking at um, food as intelligence and not, 80% of the time we want to be having that intelligent food. Mm -hmm. So that's food to really um, fuel our body, Mm -hmm. you know, brings us nourishment, nutrients, all the rest of it and helps us thrive. Yeah. Our 20% is the non-intelligent food. So I like to call that soul food. And that's just what we eat out of pure happiness. So to break that down for people, um, you know, if we were to have three main meals and two snacks, roughly in a week, your 20% is going to be about five different times in that week where you can add your soul food in so that's pretty good yeah. right like yeah you know so that might be having a couple of pieces of chocolate or it might be having you know some alcohol on a weekend or going out for dinner and having mm-hmm. a big bowl of pasta or whatever you want yeah. it's your soul food um so trying to get to that 80 20 approach is really important as i said some people will start with 50 50 and then we might you know gradually make our way yeah. and some weeks might be 60 40 and that's okay it's just about trying to find that balance yeah when we're able to reconnect with the 80 20 i feel like people start to naturally um lose the guilt because they instantly start to feel better Mm -hmm. so when Mm -hmm. clients are first starting this i'll get them to actually schedule out their 20 percent because as i say if we're doing it all in our heads it's very hard to um you know actually stick to it i guess (laughs) so if we're scheduling in your 20 percent, it makes it a lot easier so if you know that you've got a birthday on you know saturday night and you're going to be drinking alcohol and possibly having a food that might account for say 10 percent of your Mm -hmm. week Mm -hmm. or if you know that um you know you're working late this night or you've got a big work meeting and you're most likely going to be stressed and when we're stressed we crave sugar and carbs and everything you know you can start to schedule that in a little bit yeah eventually naturally you will start to just fall into a flow of this 80 20 or 70 30 or whatever you like to practice um but i think yeah essentially we want to schedule that in Mm -hmm. at the start Mm -hmm. so i think that's really important um you know being kind to yourself is another really important thing yeah um knowing that every meal is another meal to nourish nourish yourself so not i'll start the next day because that's very typical right Mm -hmm. it's always like i'll start tomorrow. there's always tomorrow (laughs) yeah always right so it's like i'm gonna go eat a big piece of cake and i'm gonna start tomorrow and then tomorrow rolls around and we don't start tomorrow because then we go and eat another piece of cake and you know so it's important just to remind yourself that every meal is another meal to nourish yourself so Mm -hmm. you can go and have your piece of cake but we might balance that out by then going and having a big beautiful salad with a piece of steak or salmon or whatever it is and lots of beautiful fats in there and then that's going to make you feel better and so Mm -hmm. when the next day rolls around you're naturally going to want to wake up and you know eat more nourishing foods because Mm -hmm. if we finish our day off on cake and sugar and a lot of foods that you know make us feel good for a short period of time but then we get bloated and we feel crappy Mm -hmm. and we get Mm -hmm. fatigued the next day you're still going to feel like that most of the time so every meal is another chance to nourish yourself Mm -hmm. um and the other last one is the palm size method so Mm -hmm. i really like to encourage people to stop counting macros and calories and things like that yeah um obviously there's a time and a place like if you've got a specific goal and you know you're competing or bodybuilding Mm -hmm. or you know what have you then yeah you might do those sorts of things but the palm size method essentially if um your listeners are to put both their hands together uh like their fists together 
mm-hmm. and be looking at their thumbs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to explain yep. this. Yep. <laughs> um, that is the size of your stomach. So uh-huh. your stomach is actually quite small. Wow. Compared to what a size plate that we eat off is, oh right? Oh, God. Yeah, little, huh? And so that when we not, open... Not big at all. No, not at all. <laughs> so when we open up our hand and spread out our fingers, this is how we start to build a plate. And so our carbohydrates are literally our entire hand and they're heaped up. So if we think mm-hmm. about that, it might be for a female, a couple of cups, for a male, maybe three cups. And our carbohydrates predominantly are our fruits and vegetables, right? If we're adding some sort of grain in there, we really only want it to be the size of our actual palm and Uh the thickness of our hand. Uh So again, for listeners, for a female, like that might be sort of a quarter of a cup. A male, it might be just over a quarter of a cup, but that would be your grain and the rest would make up your fruits and vegetables. Mm -hmm. Then if we think of our protein, our protein again is the palm by Mm -hmm. the thickness. Mm -hmm. So if we think about a piece of steak or a piece of chicken or something like that, that is the size of my whole hand and pretty much double the thickness. Mm. Whereas um, really we want to be cutting that portion in half. Uh Yeah, and then we've got our protein. So our proteins are, what are those two fingers? So you one after your thumb index and, middle, and middle finger, finger. thank you, thank you for, i've got baby brain i swear um so they are our fats so you know yes. again if we look at those fingers that might be a quarter of an avocado mm-hmm. it might be um a couple of tablespoons of like a beautiful olive oil as a salad dressing some nuts seeds yeah cheese whatever yep. it might be but that's our fat so that is how our three main meals should be mm-hmm. is the carbohydrate the protein and the fats mm-hmm. um and you know, if we were to start to follow our portion sizes p- properly for the first three to four days, we may experience some sort of hunger because our stomach yeah. needs to shrink. Mm-hmm. All those nerve endings around our stomach need to come together and uh-huh. shrink again. Yep. You know, it's very common to hear people say, oh, I've gained like a kilo every year. And that's normally a um, offshoot of just portion sizes Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so three to four sorry four to five days might experience a bit of hunger once those nerve endings start to come together our stomach starts to shrink to where it should be Uh um we can you know find that natural balance point with our weight as well so that's a really nice way to build your plate and Mm -hmm. know that you've got all the macronutrients Mm -hmm. being the carbohydrates proteins and the fats um exactly how your body needs them yeah yeah fantastic Mm. so how can we get in touch with you if we want to find out more information or get some assistance? So I am practicing under Freedom Wellness. So my website is freedomwellness.com.au yep. um, and my social handles are the same. I'm probably most active on Instagram under Freedom Wellness. Yep. Um, and yeah, I'm in practice in Port Melbourne mm-hmm. um, and I also do online practice as well via facetime awesome. or zoom um, there you go so guys you don't have to live in melbourne no yeah. <laughs> not at all not at all That's yeah, amazing. there you go well shelly thank you so much You're for jumping welcome. on board it was so great to chat with you yeah it was awesome and absolutely love your mentality removing guilt bring it back to basics and enjoy yourself too very important yeah very important thanks well, thank for having you me. so much and guys we will catch you on our next episode see you later If you loved this podcast as much as we did and you wish to connect with either myself or Zoe, you can find us at www.zoehide.com.au or find us on Instagram or Facebook at Zoe Hyde Transformations.